All right, everybody, we're back for another episode of Leap into the Week. Um, I've got my honored guest, as always, Mr. Patrick Fingles, uh, no other than the CEO, president over at Leap, everybody. What's going on, Patrick? Same old, same old, man. Just another day. Man, another day. Uh, this guy right here is going to hopefully elevate your life today. Now, if you're joining us, go back, check out weeks 1 through 12. We're at week 13 right now. Leap into the Week. It's all about bringing something positive something great into your life to start your week. And today's episode will be no different. Patrick, I've been wanting to ask you some of these questions. I came up with this topic. So this one's coming from me, folks. I got them written down right here. So I don't miss anything for you. Uh, brother, I, I got to know something, um, something in your life. I know, you know, you've had a couple businesses that have been very successful. Leap is an incredible platform that's growing leaps and bounds, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. um, but was there something in your life, man, that, that made a shift? Like, was there something that happened that you said, I got to change the way I was doing things before? Or have you always had this entrepreneurial experience and, and, and personality? Talk to me about how your life has kind of formed and is there anything that shifted? Yeah, um, there's a pretty pivotal moment, man, where, you know, and, and this, is, this is a tough one. I, you know, I went from a place of self-confidence and confidence to self-conscious. Mm. And the way I did that was by um, educating myself. So it's a, it's like a, it's a double-edged sword because when I started my first businesses and I got into business, everything from being a father to being a husband, to being a business owner, to being a friend to a son, a sister, a brother, sorry, I said a sister, a brother to my sister, um, everything I did was based off of my own philosophy. It was a focus group of one and it was all anecdotal. And if I thought it felt it, I did it. And I think there's some success and value in that. But as my businesses started to become more successful, I started looking around at the industry and I started getting on LinkedIn more. And then you start to like, maybe I should read a book. You know, maybe I should take a leadership program. And you start doing that stuff. And then you go to this place of questioning everything that you do. So you go to a place of, you know, being self-conscious, you know, and that confidence goes away. And then there's this kind of moment where, you know, the two kind of collide and you get your confidence back, but you get to a place of confidence through experience and education, mm. you know? Um, and so, you know, that, that whole moment kind of happened to me over like 2007 to like 2014. It was a combination of a whole lot of book of books, a combination of leadership training. And then one of the biggest things that I always uh, say that really helped me become successful is when I had the opportunity to start hiring uh, like executives, um, you know, prior, you know, you just, I was hiring people that I was trying to be teach to do so, one thing that I did. When you start hiring executives, you, you, you get the pleasure of, you know, hiring these kind of area experts and you learn a lot from them because they have this real world experience. And every time you work somewhere, you learn something new. So the more that you pull into your businesses, the more, you know, more, you know, the more new things come in. So, you know, that, that was really it. But I would say that if, if, you, if you're looking in the mirror right now and you're saying, man, I operate from a total place of confidence and intuition, and that's probably a strength. If you're successful, it's probably the number one thing that got you there. But if you want to take the success to the next level, level, you know, start to educate yourself uh, and it's okay to bring some doubt in because you should have doubt. Uh, anything else is arrogance. Well, let me ask you about that hiring thing, because I just got a question for you about that. I heard an interview with, uh, I think it was Mark Zuckerberg and who's that guy that can be the anyways, I'm going to miss his name right now. Of course I am because 
I'm trying to think of it. But anyways, Patrick, Mark Zuckerberg said that when he tries to hire people, he looked for people that he would like, he would wouldn't mind working for. In other words, yeah. if, if this person is somebody I bring onto my team, would I want to work for this person right here? What do you think yeah. about that, man? Because you've had to hire and you've unfortunately had to terminate a lot of people. When you look at that hiring, is that a similar philosophy that you take? Or yeah, it, it's, a, it's the same philosophy, man. We're in the position, we're in the, we're right now hiring for a very big position inside of our company. And I have my executive team is also doing the interviews of this, the, mm -hmm. this, these candidates. And I, the context that I tried to create with them was like, I want you guys to come off the interview and I want you to say to me, give them, give them the farm, give them whatever you got to give them. Shit, give them some of my salary. Give them some of my like, you know, bonus. Just we, we, they're a difference maker. We got to get them in here, and that's when you get really excited. You know, if you have to feel that you have to sell up that the hire, you have to sell the person down to people, then you know you're probably missing. You you want you want the people selling you on. Please get this person to come here, and that's when you know you got somebody special. Um, I want to kind of switch gears here a little bit, then Patrick, and talk about being special like internally because we're talking about the real elevating the life here today. There are a lot of leaders, brother, and you've you've dealt with them probably in your companies and maybe yourself. I know that I struggle with this too. Some self-destructive behaviors they have in their life. Um, maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's 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 women. Maybe it's it's habits they don't like. Um, I guess a personal question, answer however you like. Are there self-destructive behaviors that you've had to change as you have grown as a leader? And the second part of that question is, I'm sure you've had leaders in your company that have come to you with like, hey, listen, man, I'm struggling, Patrick, with this. I'm late to work because of this, whatever it is. How are you advising them as a leader to change those behaviors, holding them back? You know, I, the best relationships are the relationships that as a whole are positive, and they make you a better version of yourself. Everybody has to give, whether it's a personal relationship or a professional relationship, everybody has to give in some areas. You know, you always have to be the giver because if everybody's looking for somebody to make them better, then we're all waiting for the people to make us better and nobody's doing the better making, right? So um, it, it goes both ways. I, I think the best thing is it's 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 gotta be a two-way street. I think a lot of leaders feel that, um, they shouldn't have to deal with that. And like, you're here for me instead of I'm here for you. But really, you're you're there for one other. So they're there to make you better and you're there to make them better. And, you know, as long as that's a two way street, it's, you know, it's pretty, it's probably pretty good. Um, if your expectation is they just make your company better, they give you no problems and you don't give anything back to them other than compensation and a job well done, then you're that's not that's not development, whether it's personal peer development and some of the stuff you're talking about that seems like it skews more personal or whether it's professional development and maybe it's, you know, the inability to accomplish a task or to hit a, a revenue target or a KPI. But it's, it's you know, it's giving, man. If, if the whole world's looking to receive, then then there's no givers. So I, I think you have to go both ways. It's a little bit of a, of a dodgy answer. Um, I also believe in commitments. I'm a very big action and commitment yeah. person or else it just gets to this cyclical place. So, okay, here's what happened. I'm understanding what commitments can you make? Here's the commitments that I'll make. Okay, so what are we committed to? Okay, great. If we break those commitments, then what's next? A lot of people just make a commitment to one another and then they don't acknowledge the fact that if the commitments break, they just want to leave in a good positive place. 
you know, let's end the meeting on a high note, not on the negative note that we breached this commitment. But the best deals always, the best handshake deals always have the contingency plan. I need you to do this. You're committed to doing it in order to support you in that. I'll do these things. We think that's going to work. But if it doesn't, what would the outcome of that be? If either yeah, of us break our commitments. So I think that's really important in that same vein. Yeah. You know, I was talking about this with an employee of mine today, and we were talking about actually how couples get in arguments, if you want to know the truth. And we were saying that a lot of times men will look for, you know, here are our steps and our plan and our action, and this is what we're going to do. And a lot of times, you know, maybe the, the, I'm going to make, get myself in some trouble for this, but let's just say the other half of the relationship, they may look at maybe more general pictures, more big picture. Um, yeah. And I think we tend to, I think what you're saying right here really applies to employees in a lot of ways. And when you're trying to help someone is what is the plan and what is the commitment? I know what you want to do. You want to stop doing this behavior or you want to get better at your job. That's obvious. But what are the actionable items and what's going to be the, the, the things that happen if that doesn't happen? Setting that expectation sounds very important. Yeah. I Listen, man, if it's a direct report for you, I always lead with the foundation for results is relatedness. So, you know, that commitment conversation can represent the totality of the success. The commitment conversation is built on a foundation of relatedness because that's who you're committed to. You know, I don't you don't want to let people down that you're related with. So, you know, you have to have that framework in place. So, you know, and you can do both in tangent. You don't have to do one like it's a new employee. They just started working for you. There's something. Sit down, talk to them, establish commitments, talk about what happens if those commitments break. But then make sure tomorrow you go to lunch or something like that. Like continue to to form that relatedness and just get to know people. The relatedness people people always say like they 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 know how to do it. Relatedness is not knowing the name of your people's kids. There's no trick to it. Relatedness is being vulnerable with somebody and letting them into your space and world. And it just goes back to that vulnerability. And, and, and that's how, that's how people do it. You know, listen, I was on, just, just came off of a leadership call. Two leaders are going at it pretty hot and heavy. And that happens. And one of the leaders in the end, like does this calming thing where he's like, listen, I hear what you're saying. And, and you're right about all that. And the way I'm receiving it, 50% of it is probably just me. And that's something that I got to work on because I'm just like, I'm broken in that. I, I can't get past the fact that this data could potentially not be right to even have a conversation with you. So I just, for me, I'm, I'm committed to working on that because I shouldn't need this to be a hundred percent accurate. But like, while in tangent, I'm working on that. If we want to move this thing a little faster, just know if we could get this a hundred percent accurate, it would just, it would, it would, make my it would make my internal like you know triggers a lot lot better and like the other person on the other side was just like oh awesome acknowledgement of the fact that because i can totally receive like data that's like inaccurate and try to interpret it but i, I get that you can and at least you know that that's like a personal thing so it was literally cold i was on before this right so uh you know uh just an amazing uh you know an amazing thing and that's that is relatedness that's two people getting related. So getting related is not, oh, I always make a point to know the name of my, uh, all my, uh, you know, all my uh, employees, kids and their wives. And I send them a Christmas card. That's all great. Trust me, do that. Like, that's all great. But that's not the same as them being like, you know, committed and related with you. So, um, you know, it comes from something else. Well, I love what you said about two weeks ago about vulnerability. Um, I've used that a couple of times, you know, the, the important attribute of a leader. 
Um, we always think about the and that vulnerability that a leader has to have to have people on their team go, this isn't a dick. This is actually somebody that I want to, I want to follow. Um, and yeah. I never thought about that. And we, we talked about vulnerability a lot in our company since that time. I, everyone, we're talking with Patrick Fingles, of course, of Leap, Leap into the week here on week number 13. Um, but I want to ask you this final question because you just brought it up, man. And I know how important self-development has been. You mentioned earlier in this conversation, but there's going to be a leader out there, Patrick. I'm kind of, I didn't have this question written down, but since you just said it, I've got to imagine there's somebody out there and they're going to have individuals in their company today that are going to have a disagreement. You just mentioned being on this, this call where you had two kind of people going at it. And in your world, how do you decide when to, to say, okay, enough, I'm jumping in on this right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to go to your corners and I'm going to, I'm going to set some more rules and parameters or I'm going to lay down the law here. Or, is it, okay, I got two leaders. I see something productive here. Let me sit back and let me watch it. How as a leader are you making that decision to elevate your company and the people around you? I think the best way to do it is just to participate in it, not to determine okay. like, you're no judge. Is it a team or not? So, you know, you participate in the conversation and you can de-escalate a conversation with participation. And Lord knows I've escalated a few of them too. Right. Sometimes there's this beautiful thing where when you watch, you learn. And when you talk, you other people learn. Right. Like not from what you're saying, but from what like not to do. Right. So, um, you know, I think participating is the best way. So, you know, these two people are in it. What's your opinion on the matter? Not in a, a bullish way. Start asking questions, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, I, I'm look, man, I'm, I'm a CEO. I'll make a final decision. I'll be like, OK, so I'll participate in the conversation. And we'll get to a place if there's not alignment, that's my job. Make a decision. You know, that's where the CEO comes in and become a tiebreaker. I mean, my job is to have the team be able to do the things that they need to do. But if they could just if there was never a, you know, what's your role? What's your role as a leader? You know, your your role is to, you know, hire the best people, give them a culture to thrive in and make sure that they have all the resources they need. And sometimes it's to be a tiebreaker. You know, um, it's just the way it is. So uh, participate in the conversation, participate in the argument, find the facts and have an opinion in it and, and try to do it in a de-escalating tone. I mean, obviously, if people start like throwing chairs, time out, it's over. But like my people, I don't I'm not hiring those people. I'm hiring right. people that are super passionate and that are kind and polite. And if people cross those boundaries, they're gone. That's I mean, that that's it. Like, you don't you don't get to throw, uh, you know, insult people or slander people. You can be you can raise your voice. You can you can get passionate, you know, about what you're arguing. You can say, I totally fundamentally disagree with what you're saying. Like, be bold, you know, and have an opinion. But uh, th these two people that I was talking about are very they, they like one another. They're related. You know, yeah, there's there's so much there, man, that I want to unpack. You know, we talked about in the beginning trying to elevate your life, but really we're talking about how to elevate yourself as a leader in a company right here. We're talking about how can you be the most effective leader in for your people? You know, we talked about vulnerability a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to take a couple of things away from this. You know, setting the proper expectations, the passion that people have participating in the conversation and doing something that actually is going to put you, you, know, you mentioned, listen, if you want to be a leader, go get the knowledge in the beginning, go actually read and become a better leader. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I get very lucky. I get to have these conversations with you, but the word vulnerability has probably been mentioned a hundred times in this office since we had our conversation. Um, but if you're not seeking out that knowledge, how are you going to improve and elevate your life? I, 
I, I don't see that happening. It doesn't just happen by random circumstance, Patrick. So yeah. I'm going to, those are, those are my big takeaways from today. Yeah. I, I think it's great. Uh, you know, that, that, that was a great uh, summary and, and reiteration and just, you know, it's an evolution. There's never a, I took a leadership training and this, this, this person um, probably changed me as a leader and really as a person, probably more than anybody else. Um, and um, you know, uh, uh, her name is Kathy Gray and she is a leadership trainer. I worked with her for eight years and she calls it the practice of leadership mm. because it's never perfect. It's never done. So like her teachings are called the practice of leadership. So that's a plug for her. She's on LinkedIn, but um, you know, and th that's where I took everything that I thought I knew about leadership and like, you know, throw it out the window. Like when I first started working with her, I thought she was going to teach me how to like, properly terminate somebody or how to be a better recruiter or, you know, how to increase operational processes and procedures. She didn't teach me any of that. She taught me about automatic listening and generous listening and trust and precision speaking and declaring background conversations, you know, and there's all these great juicy nuggets. And uh, it was like this professional, personal, emotional therapy that I went through for six years. And then I started putting executives through it like a freight train. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was just so different um, than, than, than these kind of practical leadership trainings that, that you think you have. And it's, again, I just, it's the practice of leadership. So Folks, I'm not done. You know, I, I've no, I have no, I can share what I've learned and I'll continue to share what I, I haven't learned. And I'll, you know, uh, but, you know, I don't think anybody's really a, a final teacher of leadership because everybody's still learning. And even Kathy, you know, in her workings, she would uh, stumble and fall. And I'm like, you're the teacher. <laughs> and she's like, it's the practice, <laughs> like, you know, because she went outside of, you know, her own teachings and, and didn't conduct herself in that manner. And she would acknowledge it and. She would clean it up. That's what she would always say. You got to go back and you got to clean it up because leadership is being imperfect, you know? Wow. You know, when I think about this, man, I hope that everyone takes away this one little nugget right here as we end, which is if you're out there and you're a leader in your company and you're thinking to yourself, you're going to catch Patrick Fingles and leap, all right? Then you got to be willing to do the things that they're already doing. Listen to what he just said right there, everybody. I want everyone to say six years of this kind of leadership training himself, and then you're putting your other people through it. Um, so when you're trying to build these companies, folks, you're trying to elevate your life and elevate those around you. Are you giving those people the real tools to make it happen? You know, are you truly putting them in a position to succeed by giving them the training that they need? If you're trying to catch that company in front of you, you're trying to catch that big, the leap, whoever it is, it's leading the way in your, in your division and your vertical, you've got to be thinking, what can you do more? So are you hiring those trainers? Are you bringing in those people? Or are you just one of those individuals hating online and saying you don't need the, the influencers and coaches and mentors? I'm telling you, folks, if you want to catch people, if you want to be the best, you're going to have to do the things that others are not willing to do to elevate your life and participate in the conversation. Patrick Ingles, thank you so much for joining us, man. Another leap into the week here, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week, week number 14, here, Leap in the Week. See you next Monday, everybody.